0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the PackerNet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So y'all want to talk about Mike Petten? Because I don't. <laughs> I think the thing with Petten is a little bit petty, and it's a very Bears slash Vikings thing to do. We don't exactly know how to win football games. We don't know how to beat the Packers. So we're either going to try to become the Packers or hire somebody that's going to give us enough insights to, to beat the Packers. Now, on its face, it makes a ton of sense. The Packers had success against the Vikings over the years, like a lot, and they're a tough team to beat. In 2019 in particular, they had um, success against the Vikings where nobody else could. They were one of the few teams that ever beat the Vikings at home. I forget exactly what the stat was, but... um, there was something that hadn't been done last year in Minnesota for the entirety of uh, of Zimmer's tenure in Minnesota. I don't remember exactly what it is, but the point is a lot of success. So it helps you with the Vikings. It's going to help you a little bit with the Lions, although I think they uniquely struggled with the Lions. I don't know you're getting a ton there, but still you get some insights. You also get help with self-scouting. Obviously, the Packers had success against the Bears as well. It's kind of like hiring a hacker. That hacked into your system. You pay the guy to come over and and help you fight off hackers because who who better than the person that knows how to break into your system? It's not to say nobody else is smarter and can figure out a better way to do it, but he's better than we were, and so we can do a little self-scouting for our offense. What did you see? What what we we tried to do this? Why couldn't we do that? Well, because I was doing that. Oh, yeah, I, yeah that makes sense. What were you scared of? Well, when you guys did this, we were worried that you would do this. Because that, you know, not a whole lot we could do about that. And you guys were really good at, you know, what, just that kind of stuff. And then obviously, finally, to beat the the Packers. And it's one of those things where everybody knows what it is, but everybody's playing along anyways. The Bears don't care about Mike Pettin. They just want the insight. Mike Pettin knows he didn't get hired for a defensive coordinator position because they don't want him to coordinate their defense. They know he's getting paid just to give up all the insights and all the details on Matt LaFleur and his system and the defense and the players. They want him to, to tattle on all the players. What are their weaknesses? What, what 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 are their limitations? What couldn't they do? Where can we attack them? Mike Pettin knows that, but so what? He's getting a paycheck. He doesn't care. It's the best offer he got. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll go consult with you guys. And I'm sure there's an element of he's an extremely intelligent coach and with a lot of uh, success and we just love to have him as an advisor similar to what dom capers was for the vikings last year and for somebody else this year i don't know who oh the lions obviously because again that's just what these other teams do but at the end of the day there's a reason why you generally are not seeing highly successful teams do nothing but poach other successful teams players first of all because or, or players or coaches or whatever because they are the successful teams but as i've said before you, you've got your imitators and you've got your innovators. Innovators don't need to borrow from other teams. They don't need to be told, hey, what are the weaknesses so that we can uh, attack the Packers' weaknesses. Tell me what to do here to beat your old team. Can you imagine Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers in this offensive system being dictated to based on what some other team's ex-defensive head coach says is, is the best way to attack them? We're, we're going to change everything we do here because it's not about us and our ability to get better to be better than you. It's about we can't be better than you. We're not better than you. We don't know how to win. We don't know how to innovate and become the next great thing. And so the next best thing is to hire off our competition and have him tell me how to beat the Packers. Just tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. I can't beat the Packers. We suck. You tell me what to do. And I'm sure I'm exaggerating to some degree, but, I mean, that's, that's the mentality difference. Winners don't do that, or at least don't have to. And it's, it's not that there isn't some benefit, but it's – it's not the direction we're headed. It doesn't help us innovate into the future to have a guy tell us how his defenses hurt us. How do we run away from our problems? But that's the Bears. They're doing the best they can. And man, when they do something, they just go 100,000 100, miles an hour. They smack into a brick wall every time. But they just—they are just pedal to the metal all the time. And I love it because it makes them really bad at stuff. They have no ability whatsoever to say no they're going for the chip the the cheap easy fix every time and I you know I for all the Bears fans listening I don't even think that they necessarily disagree they're tired of it why are you picking up all the Packers' scraps? It's pathetic. It's the same thing that happened with the Patriots all the time. Everybody wants to pick up their scraps, and nothing ever becomes of that. We're going to hire off their defensive coordinators, their offensive coordinators, their linebackers coach. We're going to get their linebackers and defensive tackles and their wide receivers and all the guys that had success over there. If we just hire up a bunch of them, we're going to be great. Except they're not, with the possible exception of Flores in in Miami. That is remains to be seen. Still wasn't a very good team. I was just impressed. I mean, it's similar to what I said about Gruden. I'm impressed that they're better than what they should be, but I still we haven't still haven't seen the Raiders take a big step into actually being a competent football team. They're still bad. And same with Miami. I mean, talk to me when you make the playoffs. But it looks promising. Don't hire people because you want to go backwards. Hire people because you want to go forwards. Build the vision yourself. This is the direction I'm going. Who's going to help me get there? That's what the Packers did. Nobody likes it. It's it's not the the smooth sexy thing to do, but it's about his vision and and right wrong or indifferent. That's that's what this is about. This is what I'm building. Who's gonna help me get there? I don't exactly know what that vision is. That's what we've been talking about the last couple of days. What even is that vision? I don't know. But that's the point. That's what we're doing. This is where we're headed. He still never even hired his his first ever defensive coordinator. This is his first, and so he's he's still fully developing his vision for this football team as the head coach. We saw a massive jump in year two, not defensively necessarily, but offensively definitely. But again, he, he is the head coach. He's not the offensive coordinator. He builds the vision of what this team looks like offensively, defensively, special teams, the locker room, the football field, first quarter, third quarter, all that. He didn't hire the flashy pick. He hired the guy that's going to help develop his vision for the team for the future. And nothing is certain in football, but but the thing that Packer fans can have confidence in is that they do things the right way. They're just a, It's a football organization. And as, as silly as it sounds, a lot of teams around the NFL are just not football organizations. They're not football people. They don't know what the right way is. They don't care what the right way is. They care about making a quick buck. They care about putting butts in the seats. They care about all this other stuff. They're not about football. History, tradition, the right way to do things, the right way to build a team, the slow, easy, prudent way. The Lions, for example, as we know, are not. You've got the multi-billionaire family, the Fords, that bought a team because it's a status symbol. And they don't want to stoop to the level of actually believing football people would be better at running their business than they would. And so they hire, literally, people from the Ford Corporation to head up the team. Now, again, it does seem like maybe some other people have been brought in. Depending on how much power they get, i assuming they're gonna they're gonna get all the, the decision making abilities, I don't know. That could possibly help them. They have to do that. They but but that's the thing. They have to actually make the statement, not out loud, but they have to make the statement loud and clear. We don't know what we're doing, we don't know how to run a football team, and we're gonna hire these lowly six figure making football coaches and, and whatnot to, to run our football team. It's it sounds ridiculous, but it happens all over the place. All over the place. The Bengals. I think Buffalo, although they are a very good football team right now, they they had that issue for a very long time. The way that they were structured was absurd. You had a family that bought the team, and I think they put their daughter in charge, who was running both their Buffalo Bills football team as well as their hockey team, that they also bought. She was in charge of running both of those things. Because obviously, I mean, it's just, just stupid sports teams. Obviously, she can do both. It's not a big deal. And that's what a lot of these teams are. They're, they're run by people that have a hard time admitting they don't know Jack. And they don't know how to go about finding the right people. They're not plugged into to the football stuff. All these coaches and GA, they all know each other. How many, how many of these owners do you think Matt LaFleur has met? Just mixing it up with at, at some kind of party. Maybe a couple. I, I wouldn't think that they hang out in those same circles, though. You know, when we hired Matt Lafleur, he had talked about how he had hung out with Aaron Rodgers and, and you know Sean McVay and Rodgers and all those guys. They all hung out together. The coaches have all hung out together. The players have all kind of hung out. They all intermingle, with the exception of Robert Kraft, who throws parties once in a while and, and has a bunch of people over, mostly Patriots. But I don't I don't I don't remember hearing of any any social gatherings at uh, the Ford's house where they get to meet all the, the the GMs and the coaches and all that kind of stuff. At the top of this organization is a football guy. That's it. He's the absolute tippy top of this thing, unless you consider the board, but they, they're not making decisions. The only decision they have to make is, is Mark Murphy sticking around. But Mark Murphy is a football guy. He was a football player. He was in the, you know, he helped run the, the, the union on behalf of the football players. He's always been involved in the business, the legal side of football, on top of actually having been a football player. His whole life has been football and the business of football. And he hires people about the business of football, and he understands the traditions. And Green Bay has had such a great tradition. I mean, there was a, clearly a dark period, but, I mean, Lombardi brought tradition and, and the right way to go about doing things. And, and since Ron Wolfe, I mean, there has been a tradition that has not been broken, and it has done us very, very well. It's not an accident the Packers stay on top. Oh, you look at your Super Bowls. It, again, it's, it's like saying a, a, a cornerback is garbage because he doesn't have a lot of picks. Again, I, I just I don't care about that kind of stuff because it's fleeting. Now, generally, in these categories, you're going to have you know better corners are going to have more picks generally than bad corners. Better pass rushers are going to have more sacks generally than bad uh, edge rushers. Good linebackers are going to have more tackles than bad linebackers generally, but that's not always the case because it's not a one-to-one correlation. These are fleeting things. Have the Packers been a dominant organization for thirty years? Yes. Arguably the most dominant for 30 years. Obviously, the last 20 has been the Patriots, who were terrible in the 90s. I mean, still probably the Patriots considering how dominant they've been. But do you know how many interceptions Jair had? I mean, seriously, do you know? Can you remember how many? Because if you can remember one pick, you remember all of them. He had one interception the entire year. The other guy that was in competition for best corner in football had 10 interceptions. Ten. Jair had one now, Xavier Howard was a very, very good corner, but how about the guy with the second-most interceptions? By the way, the guy with the third-most interceptions had four picks. Four is good for third, just to give you an idea of how massive ten picks is. But J.C. Jackson in New England had nine interceptions. Was J.C. Jackson better than Jair? Now, it, it, it kind of breaks down because if you won a bunch of Super Bowls, you're probably a very good team. But the point is there's a lot more to being a good team than just winning Super Bowls. Yes, that's ultimately the point, but I'm making the point that the Packers are a very good organization and that's what keeps them on top. And until, the, I mean, and again, if I withdraw myself from my Packers fandom and just look at it from an NFL fan standpoint, it's kind of upsetting to watch the way teams like the Bears run their team. Because you look at it and just shake your head and say, stop doing that. Why are you doing that? Why are you so stupid? Stop. And again, Bears fans, I mean, they, nobody wants to hear this from a Packer fan. So they're going to get defensive. But amongst Bears fans, they talk exactly like I talk about their own team. Nobody wants pace back, and for a reason. The guy's been a, a, a disaster. And again, I like the way he drafts. He just refuses to do it because he's too impulsive. Oh, forget them draft picks, man. I'm going to go out and spend first-round picks on this guy, that guy, second-round pick. The, we, we laugh at the Rams because they uh, they always give away first-round picks. And it's true they've been doing it for a lot longer, but, man, 2019, the Bears didn't have a pick until round three. 2020, they also didn't have a first-round pick. Well, I know they had two second-round picks, but what did they do with it? I mean, i, I got to stop saying that the guy's a good drafter until he can start, you know, I guess being smart. I mean, I, he he was doing – Roquan, James Daniels, and Anthony Miller were his first three picks in 2018. That ain't bad. I mean, I know I dog on Roquan for not being as good, but at least he's a quality starter. He got Bilal Nichols in the fifth round. He plays. 2017 was a disaster because of Mitchell Trubisky, but they got Shaheen, who was good for a, a, about five seconds. Eddie Jackson in the fourth, Tariq Cohen in the fourth. I mean, you know, 2016 they got Leonard Floyd in the first, which was not a very good pick. But he's, you know, it's kind of like Roquan, not good for a first-round pick. But if he was a third-round pick, you'd be excited. You got Cody Whitehair in the second, Nick Quitkowski in the fourth, Dion Bush in the fourth. I mean, these are not Jordan Howard in the Howard in the fifth. 2015, Kevin White was a disaster. He's he's not super great on his first-round picks, but Eddie Goldman in the second is great. Adrian Amos in the fifth. He's always done a good job, but it, it just it seems like it's completely lost its luster. Then in 2019, it's, it seems like it all just fell apart. He started giving away all his draft picks, completely stopped caring about the draft because these draft picks are not even doing very well. David Montgomery is fine, but it was kind of a no-brainer at that point. I thought the guy was a first-round pick. He went in the third round. And even that, he's not... As far as running backs go, I mean, we'll see what he develops into, but he's he's good, not great. But Riley Ridley is not doing jack. Duke Shelley's not doing anything. Kareth White, I don't even know if he or Stefan Denmark have played a single snap. 2020, Cole Komet was a joke. Jalen Johnson's not doing anything. T- uh, Travis Gibson, don't even know who that is. Kendall Vildor, the Viking, not doing jack. Darnell Mooney, you know, he had one big game against the Packers, but big deal. I just I think the whole thing's falling apart. It's been two disastrous years. Three, if you want to include the Mitchell Trubisky thing in twenty seventeen, it just set everything off. But we brought him back. I don't know why. He gives away all our picks and now he can't even draft well anymore, apparently. I don't know. And I've always wanted to defend the head coach, thinking, you know, he does a good job, he just needs a better quarterback. But then you bring in Foles, who we know can be a good game manager, which is what the team needed. Just get a good game manager with a top-tier you know, top 10, arguably top five wide receiver in the NFL and a top 10 defense and go win football games. And they couldn't. So I don't know if I can defend him anymore, but the Bears could. They brought him back. And so, again, we 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 come into every year and I come in every year saying you you never know what's going to happen. You know, one of these days, these bad teams are going to become a good team. They're going to figure it out. But that's only happening when you change what you're doing. The change in Buffalo happened when they hired Sean McDermott in twenty seventeen. And I should add brought in a new quarterback, right? It was it was just it was the perfect story. It didn't have to be that way. I mean, technically this was their first really good season. They went thirteen and three. Ten and six last year was as good as it got. Prior to, I mean. If they didn't, you know, I'll I'll will I'll give them the credit and not say luck out, but if, if they didn't happen to grab the correct quarterback I don't know if we even are having this conversation about Sean McDermott I mean really I I, I kind of all over the place but that's that's what today's just going to be we're just talking here explain to me Sean McDermott because the same time he came in they hired Brandon Bean to be the GM of the Buffalo Bills it's after they fired Doug Whaley which was a big to-do I don't exactly remember what the circumstances were but that was a big hubbub for whatever stupid reason he left I believe on pretty bad terms he's all angry about it anyways they brought in somebody significantly better but Let's take away a couple little things that Brandon Bean has done, and are we still talking about about Sean McDermott, who's every year all we got to talk about is a great, you know, best head coach in football or whatever, for whatever reason. If they don't hire, I should say draft, Josh Allen, what is this team this year? What do they have that's any good? Well, Stephon Diggs, okay, so they also brought in Stephon Diggs. What else? The defense completely fell apart. This is a perennial dominant defense. And they got better again down the stretch, but that, that was their weakness all year was their defense. The defense is getting worse. They don't have a very good run game. They have a quarterback and a wide receiver. I mean, that it reminds me of the Chiefs. It's like you, you had a GM come in and get draft over like three years, the core of your team, Tyreek Hill, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. They fired that guy. They haven't drafted Jack Squat since, but they're probably going to continue to be a good football team because they have that core. And I, I, just, I, I just I wonder if that's going to be the same thing with Josh Allen. I don't know. I know Zach Moss was kind of a beast. I get that. I, I don't, did a top-five running back thing. Zach Moss wasn't on it. That's all I'm saying. But A.J. Epinesa, gross. Gabriel Davis didn't do anything. Jake Fromm, quarterback. What's the What the heck is the point of that? Then they got a kicker, another wide receiver that didn't play, and, and a cornerback. The first round last year or the year before that, they got Ed Oliver, gross. Guy isn't doing jack squat. Cody Ford is a good – I think he's a good tackle. Let me check. I don't know, the, the, the point is, and I think this is lost on a lot of us because we just expect perfection all the time. If you really hyperanalyze pretty much any team, everybody's doing stupid stuff. Nobody's that great. Even teams that are great, you look at them and go, what's so special about them? There are certain Packer fans that believe that the Packers organization is a joke and they don't know what they're doing. That's, that's absurd. And so usually when you look at it and say, well, the Packers are never like the best team. A lot of the times what you'll have are these little teams that pop up and then disappear. They're good for a year, for two years, for three years, because they they just hit on a couple lucky little things. When there's 32 teams in the NFL, you're bound to hit on a really good draft class once in a while. The Buffalo Bills just pop out of nowhere. Tampa Bay Buccaneers were garbage in 2019. They pop out of nowhere. Well, they went out and got Brady, and the defense suddenly got very, very good at football. That's funny when some people are like, well, that's why he picked Tampa's because they have a good defense. They were ranked 29th in 2019. 29th. Their offense was third. The offense didn't even improve. If anything, it got worse. <laughs> they, they went from, I think, third and third in points and yards to third and seventh. The difference is they went from 29th on defense to eighth on defense. That's the difference. Where did that come from? I don't know. No idea, but a bunch of guys are leaving. credit Again, credit Todd Bowles, who in year two was able to get this thing completely turned around. But I'm sure in time they'll disappear, just like the Saints are about to disappear, just like the Patriots disappear, just like all these teams will disappear. The Packers stay on top. Yeah, they got to figure out how to get over the hump. Again, like I said before, they have a unique challenge. And it's a very weird challenge, but it's, it's, it's their challenge. How in the world do you get them to just show up in the most important games? And I'll also say they, they had the complete misfortune of facing, in both back-to-back seasons, the one team that kind of had their number. A lot of teams have that. There's just that one team. You know, for for the Chiefs it tends to be like the Chargers and the Raiders, who are both pretty bad teams so that they have a much better chance. But imagine if the Chargers and Raiders have a certain style of defense that they're really that's really hard to beat, but also they're one of the best teams in the AFC. And they just have to face them every AFC championship. That would suck for the Chiefs, cuz they would be clearly the best team in football, but there's just these one or two teams they can't beat. In 2019, the one team that they really struggled to beat was the 49ers. Who was it in the NFC Championship that they faced? Oh yeah, the 49ers. In 2020, the only team that really 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 took it to the Packers. The only team was Tampa Bay. Who did they face in the NFC North Champion or the NFC Championship? It was Tampa Bay. That's some garbage luck. That's just garbage. I I really really hate to do this, but it's it's this or I just cancel the episode for the day. Here's some bad news for you. Due to a bit of a technical glitch, about half of this episode got deleted. We'll just leave the why alone for the time being. I have to go. (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll quickly try to summarize here, but a couple quick points. Vegas says that the Packers are the second best team in football. Second best odds to win the Super Bowl behind the Chiefs. And we have serious questions about the Chiefs, right? There's no reason to be down on this team. The cold, soulless, Las Vegas machine, the place that has no emotion, only cares about who's going to make me money, is saying the Packers are going to make me some money. That right there is a good football team. They don't care about the fact that you are embarrassed, just like nobody else cares about the fact that you are embarrassed because the Packers are not a reflection on you. Relax. Fact of the matter is, this is a very good football team. And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling because I don't know what I've said and what I haven't said at this point, <laughs> but I don't think I talked about this. There are teams that are going to pop up once in a while that are good football teams, and the, the struggle is going to be overcoming that team, right? The 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 49ers popped up. Packers couldn't overcome that, and then they disappeared. Tampa Bay popped up. Packers couldn't overcome it. They're going to disappear. Next year, I don't know. The year after, probably, definitely. The Packers stay on top. They just got to figure out how to get over that hump. I really hope I talked about the whole psychological aspect of things. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what I've talked about and what I haven't at this point. I'm sorry to do that, and I'm also sorry to have to give you the bad news. I don't think I'm going to do a podcast tomorrow. Um, I'm just way behind on YouTube, and this is the absolute perfect time because everybody's YouTube is blowing up right now, and I'm spending all my time doing podcasts, which the numbers are, are going in the tank. So it's just a misallocation of resources as much as there's a pride element that says I need to be doing this every day. Nobody listens on the weekends anyways. So I think the intelligent thing to do is to take the next day, possibly two days off, and focus on youtube so i may not be doing a podcast on weekends we'll see how it goes but um anyways sorry about that i probably should just tank this whole episode but uh i didn't get up at three o'clock in the morning for nothing and i'm gonna try to get the technical stuff figured out you folks have yourselves a fantastic day and i will talk to you tomorrow